Welcome to the Ask Every Time podcast. Ask Every Time's mission is to reduce sexual assault and abuse through sexual consent education, training, and resources. Without further ado, today's episode. Okay, we're here with Lydia today. Thank you for joining us. It sounds like you're outside today, Lydia. Yes, um, I kind of have a house full, so... (laughs) Yeah, going outside is is a good idea then. And the birds sound pretty cheerful in the background there. Yes. Yeah. So for these uh, conversations that we have with people, we usually start by asking what your current uh, relationship status is and living situation. Um, I'm married. Um, been married for two years. Um, and that has affected my living situation. Um... I I married him right before I graduated from college, um, kind of on a whim. It was <laughs> it was just one of those really intense connections, and I I didn't even care about his history, um, but he did bring in a lot of of debt, and he has three children with two different baby mamas and thousand dollars a month in child support he has to pay and with uh i'm a dancer and that doesn't pay a lot so um we've had to move in with my parents to try to get out of debt and uh and get on our feet again so there's that (laughs) yeah sounds like a lot on your plate right now yeah, and you said yeah, we have we have the two younger ones full time right now because their mom made a mistake. <laughs> okay, so you've got a pretty full household there, and married for two years. Mm-hmm. And this this whole conversation kind of center, centers around uh, sexual consent and and how people approach sexual topics and, and intimacy. So between you and your husband, how has the realm of sexual consent been since the beginning? Um, I'm, what do you mean by consent? I was hoping like, you'd, you'd ask that. What, what would be your definition of sexual consent? Kind of if, if we have, you know, had the conversation and, and set up where the boundaries are, then in, in my marriage, the door is, is pretty open, you know, just just as long as the communication is there. Um, you know, it was it was pretty hot and heavy in the beginning. Um, and then we got engaged and I wanted to put the brakes on, you know, just because it was all happening really fast. And I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just about sex. So for about, you know, four months is, is all the break we took, which was really difficult because I think we were both just very physical people. Um, but I don't, I don't know if this has something to do with, uh, just the way I'm wired, but I actually uh, sort of enjoy, um, when he, when he doesn't get my consent, only because we've had the, that conversation, you know, where right. it sort of excites me to 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 have it 
thrust on me. Yeah, and to specify there, is that, and you've had the conversations beforehand, so for you two, then that's an, that's an allowed activity between the two of you because you've talked about it beforehand, but are you saying are you like when he is pressuring pressuring you and, and, and in, um, starts things with you or vice versa? Either one. Yeah. And But obviously the brakes are, you know, if, if someone puts on the brakes and it's obviously like the brakes are on, you know. Yeah. And between you and him, what would putting on the brakes look like? What would it what would it sound like? Sorry, babe, not right now. <laughs> yeah. So something as easy as that. Um, I, it's it's easy in in that it would definitely, you know, it definitely stops it. But but I wouldn't say that there's never a hint of rejection there. Um. And you know, if if he you know, doesn't want me at the time or I don't want him at the time, then it, we both take it pretty personally. Um, yeah. Yeah. So even though <clears throat> both of you honor and respect that in each other, there it would be a lie to say that there isn't a feeling of rejection on, on one side or the other or both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but we we don't get mad. We just we this is how I'm feeling, and I got to work through this for a minute, you know. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that because in a lot of ways it is a natural response to feel some sort of disappointment or rejection. But exactly as you said, it's it's what you deal with that emotion and how you process that um, is the important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times on these conversations we rewind the clock all the way back to when you first started uh, any sort of sexual activity and what has the journey looked like for you with different relationships that you've had as far as feeling like you can express yourself sexually and or uh, any violations of, of sexual consent throughout the journey? Um, are we going all the way back to like childhood abuse or just whenever... The ability to consent started. We go back to to where you want to, and if if you want to go all the way back in the childhood, I think that that would be a good place to start. Okay. Um. I think I think it's probably important to to give a background on this because I think it's definitely affected um, the way I view sexual relationships, but. Um, Sex was actually a very open conversation in my family. I probably knew the mechanics of it and everything that went into it when I was about six. Um, my dad was very vocal, vocal about his physical relationship with my mom, which um, I don't think is necessarily unhealthy, but maybe to the extent that that he talked about it, it it, it would have you know borderline. Maybe you shouldn't tell your kids all that. Um, but when I was about eight, um, my mom is a nurse for the military. Um, and you know, in 2003, she was deployed to Germany for a year. And, um, my brother, who was two years older than me, um, began being curious about me, um, and I, I protested 
Um, and it was never, never, um, intercourse never happened, but there was a lot of unwanted physical affection in unwanted places. Um, most of the time when I was sleeping and then as we got older, it just turned into more of uh, an aggressive control thing. So I would be restrained and then fondled while I was fighting it. Um, and that went on until I was about 13 and I, I didn't really have the option to talk about it because my mom didn't talk about things. Um, so when I was 13, he outright asked me to have sex with him and, um, obviously I said no, but there was definitely a lot of hatred between us and didn't feel safe in my home and all that. Um, when I was about 16, um, him and I were both in high school together and I had told one of my best friends about what was going on and then we were no longer friends and she told someone and then there was a whole rumor. So I had to face high school with the rumor of I'm the girl who was molested by her brother. Um... When I was 16, I started dating a boy who was a year younger than me, who wasn't around for the whole rumor thing, so I, was, I felt pretty safe there. Um, and I lost my virginity to him after about three months, and I wouldn't say that I, you know, you know, lost it, because I'm, I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly, I'm pretty sure that I'm the one who pressured him into it, sadly. Um... um he was a 15-year-old boy, so it wasn't difficult, but I um, I think I was just really craving that physical intimacy that wasn't um, my brother. Ew, that sounds really weird to say. <laughs> um, but uh, So that relationship went on for a year and a half, and I was, I was very attached. Um, so after that relationship ended, I I kept craving that that physical intimacy. So I was pretty promiscuous in high school. I didn't um, go in for another monogamous relationship, but I just I had um, playmates, if you will. Um, and of course, you know, people were talking. It was a very small town, but. I kind of just deflected and was like, so, so what? Um, so I, when I graduated high school, I, um, and I, you know, I do have a faith um, that Jesus is my Savior, and I think the, the only reason I really know that that is real is because um, I had this, you know, major calling on my heart to forgive my brother. So when I was 18, um, I actually sat down and had a conversation with him, how I, you know, how I was hurt and how I was damaged by his, you know, what he did to me as a kid. And it was actually really, um, a really good thing because he just, he absolutely broke down and told me how much he hated himself for it. And, um, uh, we, sort of reconciled. 
I don't I don't trust him and I don't want him around me really but I can I can forgive the child that did that to me um, so I, I went to college with this idea that I wanted to be abstinent and I wanted to wait for marriage um, but it, it just didn't happen I I was lonely and um, to get my my fix physical affection it was it just always had to go to sex I didn't I didn't have a lot of success in intimate relationships with um, friends that were girls and hard to be friends that are guys that don't for me it was hard to be friends just friends with guys um, so I had you know several sexual relationships in college um, um, I do remember a few instances where, um, you know, I'd go to a party and I'd drink and end up waking up in a bed with someone um, and being kind of freaked out that I, I didn't consent to it. But then I had a friend who would, who I would tell these things to and she would come back and tell me that I was, she thought I was completely lucid and, and flirting with these guys and, and, and wanting to do these things, but I had no memory of it no memory of consenting. Um, one time I remember kind of coming to half, halfway through and and the, the guy freaked out and just threw me my clothes and put me in a dark room. Um, and I, I wanted to to, um, to speak up about it and, and maybe get like a rape kit or, or go to the police about it, but my friend told me that she wouldn't back me up because it looked like that I was asking for it. Um, and I've, I've still kind of been working through that psychologically, like, like why, why was it, um, why did it, why did I act like I wanted it, you know, like, like blaming myself? Um, but I, I, you know, I found out later that it, it wasn't really all to do with alcohol either. <laughs> um, I had a, uh, off and on long-term relationship for about five years um, with a man who was, uh, I guess he was about five years older than me while I was in college. And um, that was a a decent relationship. I mean, we had issues, obviously, because we we're not together. But um, there were there were times with him when when I would be half asleep and he would initiate sex and... I would come to while he was coming and being like, what the heck, like, like what the heck is happening? And he would even say, like, he, he would be very upset with himself because he didn't know that I wasn't lucid and participating. Um, so... I still, I still haven't worked out why that was a thing. Um, and, you know, sexual relationships after that, because we were off and on, I didn't really have anyone between him, like, when we were off and on, because it wasn't, even when we weren't together, we were still together. Um, we, we kept going back to each other for that. Um, but then I reached a point in my life when we ended for like the very last time when I, you know, got myself that Tinder app and was just 
trying to trying to fill that that hole in my soul with with sex and multiple sexual partners and men, women, just whatever I could whatever I could get that was attractive to me and I felt safe with. Uh, I just kind of went with, um, and that's actually part of how I met my husband. Um, that that was started out as a casual sexual encounter, and then uh, he decided he didn't want to let me go. So, so here we are now. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate your willingness to discuss a lot of that, and obviously, there's a lot to unpack and. And I think you could almost do a full episode on each one of the different events that you had you had talked about there. One thing I'm curious about is, since you are working to understand a lot of what happened to you, have you been able to go to any therapy or speak with any um, sexual health professional or um, get any help in that way? I have... Um... I've considered it, and um, I went to a counselor in high school after the, the incident where I was, like, thrown into a dark room, but they only offered three for free, and I was paired with a man, and I I can honestly say, like, I did not feel comfortable talking to um, a man at the time. Like, it just wasn't comfortable, um, so I stopped going. And then kind of had it in my idea that therapy was for people who were weak, and um, I rejected it for a while. Um, but also at the same time, like, any time I'd have, like, an emotional episode, I would I would tell my family that I really need to get into therapy. Um, but my mom doesn't subscribe to the idea that you can't just fix yourself. You can't just be happy. You can't just push it all down and move past it and you don't need to talk about it. You just need to move on. Um, so there, you know, there's that. But, but now I'm just in a position where um, I, I, I think it would really help me and I, I think I need it, but um, I can't afford it right now. Therapy is expensive. <laughs> Yeah, it can it can be cost prohibitive, even even with health insurance, it can be um, difficult. I know that there are a few free resources, and one thing I hope to do is is learn more about those free resources in order to share. But I know that Rain R A I N N dot org has a lot of resources, and I think they they have a hotline that you can call just for more resources. Um, so if it's mm-hmm. Uh, just at, at rain.org um, might might be a good place to start if you are looking into any resources. And yeah. from what I have seen and, and heard from a lot of people I've interviewed, it, it does take meeting with a, a trained professional, either a sex therapist or just a regular uh, uh, LPCC or, or individual therapist that can work through some of this because it is a lot. It is a lot to work through. Um, and I do agree with your uh, idea that you can't just wish it away or, or wish to be happy. So, um, yeah, I do appreciate you sharing your experiences. And do you feel, now that you're married with your husband, 
do you feel satisfied or do you find that you're often maybe looking for more or anything like that? Um, I don't, I don't think I'm looking for more, um, sexually. He, he definitely has a tendency to, um, uh, shut down in the face of deeper conversations, um, because he doesn't always like to dig as deep as I do. Um, but he is, you know, he is willing to listen to me and he, um, he is a very passionate, but also a very gentle man. So it kind of, it helps me trust him, but I'm also not bored. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Yeah. And we usually ask, ask people a few questions as, as we start to close out and start to look at the end of the, the interview. And one of those you'd already kind of answered, but for you, what what is sexual consent for you? It is, it is having that conversation that what is okay and what is not okay. Like even if that that's just you know, if you're meeting someone for the for the first time and and you're just you're you're kissing them, if you haven't had the conversation of, of this is what's okay and this is not what's not okay in the bedroom. Yep. You don't. You don't even ask if, if it's okay that we have sex. I, I think that's an issue. Absolutely, absolutely, it's an issue. Yeah, and in order to help prevent any sort of sexual assault or abuse, and with sexual assault being any unwanted touch, it it does become very important to have that that consent. Yeah, and another question we usually ask is if you were to be able to go back into your past and give yourself advice, either when you're a child or older, what do you wish that either someone had told you or explained to you or that you could tell your younger self now? Um, not, not to be afraid to, to stand up for myself, um, you know, especially in the moments that it's happening and also not, not to stay quiet about it. Like, I, I know it's a a big fear that if you, you speak up you're going to have the spotlight on you and and there's all this these other issues that come with it but um, tell somebody <laughs> you know um, and whatever will you have you know fight back with it if it, even if it feels good if, it, if it's something doesn't feel right like you have you know telling my younger self you absolutely have the power to stop it yeah. No, maybe not physical power if it's that forceful. I, you know, I don't want to go there, but you at least have the power to protest, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's good advice to yourself. And uh, is there anything else that you'd want any any listener to, to know or to share with them or any kind of final closing thoughts? through a lot of uh, shame, my sexual history, but um, I don't, know, don't don't feel ashamed to be a sexual person. Um, even in even in circles of faith, like it's still it's still a human need and a human thing, and 
and maybe it's not what your conscience maybe wants from you, but it's still your human experience, and and there can be healing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's excellent. I think that's really good to wrap up with that. It is a human experience, and to not have shame about it, and to be able to process it and think about it and, and accept it in yourself and and um, what what you need and, and want out of life. And uh, if anyone has questions or comments for you that they would want to get across to you, what we do is ask them to go through us at, at Ask Every Time and Ask Every Time LC at gmail.com and we will forward those on to you so that you can answer any questions and keep your anonymity that way. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate your time and I hope you have a good day. All right, thanks. And that marks the end of today's interview. If you have any questions, comments, or things you'd like to add, please email us at askeverytimellc at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about Ask Every Time, our mission, or resources, visit askeverytime.com. We're also on Facebook at Ask Every Time. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week. ...about it and, and accept it in yourself and and um, what, what you need and, and want out of life. And uh, if anyone has questions or comments for you that they would want to get across to you, what we do is ask them to go through us at, at Ask Every Time and Ask Every Time LC at gmail.com and we will forward those on to you so that you can answer any questions and keep your anonymity that way okay Okay. sounds good sounds good well i appreciate your time and i hope you have a good day all right thanks